I, it was a pleasure. Once again, this was, I think, week, uh, episode what? Seven? Six. Six, episode six of Cheese and Charter Sports um, with Sean Goss and Jack Cronin. Just another great week of jam-packed episode of uh, reviewing the NFL um, week eight, reviewing, uh, or was it week nine? No, it's week nine. eight. It was week nine? Yeah. Uh, reviewing week nine of the NFL, reviewing the Josh McDaniels Raiders um, situation, reviewing the two and seven Patriots, reviewing the Green Bay Packers uh, overall dominating win, and boring ugly win. Talking about MLB free agency, so it's a jam packed episode, and I hope you all enjoy. And uh, it's a good one. All right. All right. Do the intro. I thought that was the intro. I thought that was the outro. Why would you say all that? You just said, hope you all enjoy at the end of the, as the outro. <laughs> all right, whatever. That was good. Get it. All right, let's get into our NFL week nine uh, recap. We'll start off in Las Vegas with the Raiders taking on the Giants, where the Raiders took down the Giants. 30 to the six. Um, and I would say most of the storylines and notes coming out of this game uh, were off the field with the whole McDaniels uh, situation and firing with uh, GM with the GM Ziegler as well. Uh, really weird. I, I believe Ziegler, I, I believe Ziegler is also from new England. Yeah. Yeah. The, he has uh, new England ties as well. Or yeah. That's, he, when McDaniels came over, he brought Ziegler with yeah. him. It, it, it's kind of crazy because it's like Josh McDaniels has orchestrated, you know, some of the best offensive plays and, and offenses that we've seen in the past 20, 20 years with Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, um, Danny Amendola. So, like, it's crazy to think that this is his second coaching stint. Head coaching stint, and it's well, well third. He was the uh, the Colts head coach for all of what eight hours. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Bill Belichick stepped in and said no. There, uh, there, there was like a fake story about that where Jim Irsay was came. I think it's fake at least. Where like Jim Irsay took a shit at McDaniel's house. <laughs> And, the, and just like stuck up his to- stuck up his toilet. It was like the first time they like met. <laughs> he took a shit in his house. That's crazy. I <laughs> doubt I doubt it's true, but it's just funny to think about because Jim is um, kind of a weird weird dude. Himself. But I will say it's like it's almost funny to see how identical his coaching stints are to each other, and mm-hmm. it's. Losing record, losing record, fired in week 13. Yeah. It's crazy. Like he's not a good head coach. And I think that like he's a great offensive coordinator, but he just doesn't have the backbone to be a head coach. Like, no, I heard clearly didn't like Schefter, it. Yeah, I heard from Schefter that he um held that meeting like an open. That was that was Jake, that was Jay Glazer who did the report on uh Fox NFL Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and he said that they ripped him apart, and he—I yeah. guess he wasn't. Himself. Yeah, yeah, they. So this was it all happened prior to a uh, prior to their game against the Lions the other week, where they got smoked. Um, where he he called a a team meeting, and just for players to air out their grievances, and apparently they just went after him and just completely eviscerated the guy where there was some quotes where uh, guys were literally just making comments about his face and like how he's got a dumb face <laughs> and like how this face pisses him off. It was just that, it, 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 they, it was like a lot of personal stuff that they were going at him for like he probably called that meeting thinking that oh like people like you know guys on the team will just give me Things that they don't like with this current offensive scheme that I'm running, uh, you know, suggestions they may they might have, like getting Devontae Adams know. the ball more. But no, they went personal and just 
went after it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and McDaniels uh, even had at one point, yes, Antonio Pierce to come up and say some things after like the meeting had already sort of gone off the rails. Um, just about, you know, talk about, you know, being together as like a team and everything. And uh, so Antonio Pierce started talking about his, the 2007 Giants that uh, beat, beat the Patriots in 2007 uh, Super Bowl, right? And he was just talking about how, like, the, the te- their current team, uh, the Raiders, like they don't have the belief going into every game that they could be like that they can beat anybody. And he was just saying that that Giants team did. They went into every game thinking and believing in themselves and the guys next to them that that they believe that they could take take on anyone. What's that Patriots yeah. team? Was that was that the year that they went undefeated in the regular season or no? Yeah, that was two thousand eight. We went undefeated. And then two thousand eleven, I wanna say, is when we went back. To yeah, it was 2011. We went back to the um, Super Bowl. I think that was with. I want to say Randy Moss was on the team. In, in what year? 2011. 2008. Oh, 2008, maybe. But regard regardless. Um, so he brought up that that Giants team because he was one of the leaders on their defense. Antonio yeah. Pierce as a player, and apparently McDaniel's went up to Pierce after him and told him to never talk about the Patriots like that again, which he didn't really, he didn't say anything bad. He just was talking about how they beat, beat them in the Super Bowl. And McDaniels apparently was pissed about it. That's hilarious. Dude, what is wrong with you? Like he's just, he has no self-awareness and just, I don't know what to think of he's, the guy. He's, he's, he's literally, he's, he's a Patriot. He's Patriots mate. Yeah, he's oh, he's clearly super sensitive too, and just isn't that good of a coach. Or he doesn't have the like you said, he doesn't have the bones or the stones to be a head coach in the NFL. Clearly, yeah, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have the balls. Yeah, he's not clearly not a likable guy. He's trying to be Bill Belichick, but he's not Bill Belichick, so the guys don't have respect for him. And if you're doing the same shit that Belichick doesn't, the guys don't have respect for you, right? Like yeah. you're not. It's not going to go well. They're, the team's just going to look at you as a common enemy, right? Where, I mean, they do t- with Belichick to a certain extent, but he produces results and they win, so they love him. Yeah, 100%. So, it's like when you're doing all that bullshit, hard-ass stuff as a, as a coach, if you're winning sort of water under the bridge and guys appreciate it to an extent. It's like, all right, well, I guess I need this in order to win games. But then when you're doing that and you're losing and you're not doing your job very well either, then that's when guys, you start losing guys in the locker room. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's just hilarious too. Cause after that, win, did you see all the videos of, the guys in the locker room where they were smoking cigars in the Raiders locker room after the- that's insane. Like they must've hated him that much. Yeah. And Mark Davis was in there celebrating too. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that, well, that, that, that meeting was what happened with that meeting was the final, was the final straw with McDaniels where he, I guess that Mark Davis heard about it and just pulled the plug. He's just like, yeah, I got this, this, this is over. Which I, I mean, credit credit to him. Except now he's, I think he's paying something like million. yeah, eighty eighty five million over the next several years to coaches, a coach or two coaches and two GMs that are no longer employed. <laughs> Just insane. It's insane. Um, well, and the funny thing too is they scored what, the final score being thirty to six, right? <laughs> that was the most points that. They didn't score over 21 all season and they had 21 points in the first half alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess moving on, we'll go to uh, the top of the list. Um, Titans, Steelers. 
Uh, last uh, last Thursday night. Yeah, Steelers won twenty to sixteen. Uh, I mean, Will Levis didn't look bad. Honestly. No, I still I still think after watching that game, I was, he looks like an bad. NFL quarterback. Right? I feel bad for him. Like he got like he he didn't have any time to throw the ball. No, and well, th- yeah, they had so many injuries on their offensive line, or he was playing with a de- depleted offensive line, and then guys have been. S- or quarterbacks have been saying like their, you know, media pundits were just talking about how hard it is, especially as a rookie quarterback or a guy who just got the starting job to go from that Sunday night or from playing on Sunday to having the Thursday game. Like all that week of prep basically goes out the window and you, you do not have enough time to prepare. So like, that's why you don't see guys, especially young guys have a lot of success on Sunday night football in terms of, quarterbacks yeah and the way he that he played still was was very impressive like he throws a just the way he throws yeah just the way he throws the ball looks effortless yeah and yeah he's got some he's got swag to him too yeah he does yeah he does i think you described it perfectly he looks like an nfl quarterback i just i just hope for him and titans fans that we don't have just these two weeks I mean, granted, again, they didn't score that many points and they lost, but where they're still riding high and then he just sucks after that, which would be terrible because I do want him to be a good NFL quarterback, especially everything that he went through, you know, leading up into that in terms of falling in the draft and his girlfriend dumping him. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. But yeah, and just yeah. all the stuff that was. You know, it's just one of those embarrassing moments you get every handful of years with the NFL draft where you have that guy in there and then they and they just sit there and they look so sad. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. Um so then the next game we'll go over to Germany. Dolphins Chiefs, I was expecting a lot more out of this game and did not get what I was expecting. It was I still think it was a very entertaining game though. Yeah, I yeah, watched no. I watched the whole thing. I enjoyed enjoyed it for what it was. Um, Dolphins, there's a bunch of stats about how like the Dolphins' offense in some crazy amount of games that they had been shut out in the first half. It's, it's been a long yeah, time. And, and but the but the crazy stat is that they're zero and three against teams with a winning record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What they're five and zero against teams with losing records and zero and three against teams with win, win, winning records. Yeah, I, which, I don't get which, it. I mean, in the NFL, it's enough to uh, get get you in the playoffs still, but no, they're obviously coming off as fraud still. Which this game would have been a great prove it game for them, but and they had a, they had a chance to win too, like the Chiefs' offense didn't do anything in the second half. Yeah, no. And it's, and and then you just had that, you had that fumble on the, on that, uh, last minute drive with Tua. He just fumbled the snap. It was, it wasn't like it was a bad snap or anything. I just can't drop it. it, That just can't happen though. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. That's a tough, that like that, that Tyreek Hill fumble too was killer. Where they yeah. that was that was that was a cool play though by the can by Kansas City where their defense the guy, they yeah, yeah. he Tyreek had Tyreek had the guy uh wrapped up and then he had you know the wherewithal to to look at the uh his his teammate and just toss him the ball backwards. Which, yeah, you know, as a defense as a player on defense, that takes some stones to do too. Because if you if you do that and if you try to lateral it and you turn turn it over, like you're gonna get an earful from your coach. So, but credit credit to him. That was that was an awesome play to watch. Yeah, no, I think take risks is if you're good enough, take them, you know. Yeah, exactly. Snake. But we'll see what the uh, I think the Dolphins schedule after that isn't I think they have some teams. <laughs> I think they play a handful of teams with losing records 
now after that too, which is, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still first in the AFC East. Yeah. So after that game, they have Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, Jets. And then it gets a lot harder with Cowboys, Ravens, Bank, or Bills to end. Yeah. But yeah. They, they have a lot of winnable games left. Like, I think there's no question that they'll make they'll make the playoff. It's just, again, they're, are they, they're kind of pretenders right now still. Yeah. But I'd still um, rather be a fan of them than I, either of our teams right now. <laughs> yeah. At least, at least fun to watch. The Patriots are brutal. Yeah, they, they stink. It's insane. They're so bad. Do you, want, do you want to just get into that game now? C- Commanders, Patriots. Patriots. Oh, we, can, we can just skip it completely. <laughs> it's honestly just so frustrating because it's like, I want them to win so bad, but at the same time, but I've never had this like hope for the Patriots to lose. Yeah. Um, it's a weird feeling. It's yeah, it's a weird feeling. It's like, I don't even know like what to say. It's like, you know, I want them to win, but I want them to lose. But I just, you know, it, it's, it's honestly just heartbreaking to see like, you know, Bill Belichick's uh, media conference. They asked him, do you, do you think that you're coaching for your job this week? And he's just like, uh, we're going to be on to Indianapolis. Like we're on, we're on Indianapolis. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> like cool. Like that worked when uh, Brady was here, but. You got to do something. You got to give us some hope. Like you got to give me something that says next year will be better. Yeah. And right right. now I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing, you know, they sat, um, JC Jackson for like four drives and they sat, uh, Jack Jones for an entire half or something like that for discipline reasons. No one's going to want to play for the Patriots if they're doing this type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said earlier, the, Belichick act only works when you're winning as a coach and when you're losing and you're losing in the fashion that they have been, it's, that's not fun for anyone. It's just a miserable. Yeah. It's it's just even worse. But yeah. What are they, they're one, what are they one and four at home this year? Something brutal like that. Yeah. Just horrible. I mean, Mac Jones, of course, had a game-ending pick on cue. Yeah, why not? You know, it's just Mac Jones. Just It's just part of the course at this point. Mac Jones doing Mac Jones things. What did you... Did you watch the, the whole game or no? Just half of it because I was just so sick of it at the end. Obviously, other than... like. Other than some costly mistakes that he has seemingly ever games, like a really bad pick. Or what did you think of Sam Howell? Like he can throw he can throw the ball. That's throw ball. Sure. He's he good. Throw ball. I He's mean, good. Yeah. He just makes some boneheaded decisions. But yeah. 325 yards is no joke. And he's very young. Like he's this is his first mm-hmm. year starting. So it's like Yeah. He's playing this well under his first year. Like you gotta give him some credit. So yeah. Definitely just one of those things where it's like, damn, you know, um, but let's move on to the game that I really want to talk about. Uh, Minnesota Vikings versus Atlanta Falcons, Josh Dobbs. What, uh, what, what, what a dog, rocket scientist. Like he, the leading rusher in this game, Josh Dobbs, seven carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he balled. He balled out, and I mean, when he, initially, initially, which no, no, no fault of his own. Initially, no no fault of his own. He uh, started off s- slow is an understatement. Where he had he had a fumble, and then he had a he gave up a safety as well. But he had also yeah. not taken a snap with with anyone on the offense this week or he hadn't learned any of the plays yet. He didn't know. Any, yeah, it, he didn't know, he didn't know anyone's first name. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, what, what do you expect? You know? Yeah. It, 
I don't know if you saw, but Dobbs was saying too that the Vikings head coach was was essentially translating calls and mapping out plays mid huddle as the, as the clock was ticking down. Uh, I mean that's that's very impressive. I mean, I agree. I, th- I think clearly, you know, people joke about it, not not in a condescending way, but he is like he works at he's worked at NASA during during the off seasons. Right, like he's pretty much an actual rocket scientist, so he's clearly a smart ass dude. So I feel like you could you can make the argument that there's not a lot of guys that would be able to do what he did on Sunday yeah, in terms I of agree. going right into that new offense. Yeah, I mean yeah. he stepped up big time, 100, percent and I think that he's going to earn the starting role there for a while until they figure out. Um, if they're going to stick with Kirk or if they're going to go draft a quarterback. And honestly, I think they're going to draft a quarterback because I just don't think that there's repairing the relationship that was lost between Kirk and the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you think I do like, I, I know Kirk's a good dude, but I think he feels unwanted. And I think, are you no, no, by fa- by fans, maybe if you look at everything that guys have been saying in the locker room and on the coaching staff, I think it's the complete opposite. It's totally I think the, it's it's fan. it's totally the fan base alone. Like the the team, like they were crying. Guys were crying in the locker room after Kirk got hurt, right? And he, I think, was it this game? Because this was the first. Yeah, this was the first game since he got towards, hurt towards Achilles. They were all wearing Kirk cousin Kirk Cousins shirts on the. In warmups, yeah, I did see that, and it, it was a pretty cool shirt. They had him with like the chain, and just, it was like one of those like concert tees, or yeah, or like one of those rapper shirts that you that you would get. <laughs> the custom, they were yeah. sweet. I I think he I think he definitely. I mean, I don't know how that organization feels about him. I think there's a good chance that he's still in uh, Minnesota next year. Because the guys clearly want him there, and he's had a huge impact on that organization. I think fuck the fan, fuck the Vikings fans that don't appreciate him. You're you're gonna have to deal with it. I mean, I don't yeah. know what else to say. Like, clearly, the locker room loves him, and he's the heartbeat and soul of that team. And yeah, I think that's been more apparent than ever um, since he's been injured. Yeah. So. I agree. I think there's no Minnesota Vikings without Kirk Cousins. So, no. Um, or moving on, I guess. I mean, did, did you see uh, Arthur Smith shaved his mustache today? I did not. No. After uh, that was that was a tough loss for them. Obviously, not not necessarily a great luck, great story for the Vikings, but just not a good look for the Falcons. Yeah. In general, like lose, ending up losing that game. Yeah. Taylor Heineke didn't look bad, had some costly mistakes, but looked better than Desmond Ritter. I think Arthur Smith has already said too that uh, Taylor Heineke is going to start their next game. As he should. Yeah. And I think uh, Bijan Robinson, people were questioning, like, why, why isn't he getting his touches and everything? Well, he had a brutal fumble in that game where he's just, he's just making some, um, rookie mistakes. Yeah, rookie mistakes, exactly. But finally, John U. Smith, 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And not, see what happens when you throw the football to your. Uh, John, they, should, they should not be throwing it to John U. Smith more. They should be throwing it to Kyle Pitts more still. I know, but John U. Smith, Patriots legend. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Was it, was he, it Port, Cordell Patterson was on the. Patriots at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, Cordell Patterson was in the Patriots for like two years. He won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Yeah, that's what I thought. Was one of the years when was it like him and James White? Uh I wanna say he was on the team in 2016. When we won. No, it was either uh, it was either when we won against the Falcons or when we won against the Rams. 
Yeah, I have no clue. I don't feel like looking it up right now either. <laughs> but, yeah, but I think we, I think we uh, used him as a wide receiver way more. Yeah. Um, next, next game. Cardinals Browns. Um, not, not a whole lot to say. Yeah. No absolute shit. John Watson game. played well. Uh, Mari Cooper had a good game. Just that's all I really have to say yeah. about that. Yeah. 27, zero. Um, Pretty clear that Clayton Tune's time in uh, Arizona, especially as a starter, who knows as a backup still, but he's got some maturing to do if he still wants to be a backup in this league for a long time. But he's did not prove whatsoever that he should be a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I think is basically a surprise to no one. Um, it does sound like. Uh, uh, Dan, Dan in their coach, uh, was saying today, today that there's a high likelihood that, uh, Kyler Murray starts next Sunday. So that, that should be interesting. Good for the Cardinals. Um, sort of quiets people in terms of, you know, them tanking and everything like that. Yeah. They'll be 100%. more, more entertaining to watch. Hopefully a little bit more competitive. Cardinals fans, me, and if Kyler Murray looks good, you're not drafting another quarterback, and you could get a king's ransom for that pick if you don't want to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever. If Kyler Murray shows that he's the guy, still, I mean, you. I think his contract goes through 2026 still. So, regardless, Kyler, if you drafted a quarterback, you're paying him a shit ton of money until. For the next three or four years, still, so yeah, it'd be hard to get out of that. Uh, Rams, Packers, take it away. Again, like you were saying, the, I caught myself at times, like you know, in the second quarter when they finally got that touchdown, they finally got a first half touchdown to shut people off, and I was, I was pumped. And, because they took the lead and everything, and then I was like thinking, it's like for a second, like uh, I want Jordan Love to look good, so we don't necessarily have to waste another pick on a quarterback. But at the same time, I don't want us to win this game. But the Rams were so bad that there wasn't, there was just no question that they were going to lose that game because Brett Rippon is not a good quarterback. I think there's a decent chance that we lose that game if uh. Matthew, yeah. healthy masters, Matthew Stafford is playing, but yeah, the Rams just had no chance with Brett Ribbon. He, both offenses look terrible, but the Rams looked especially bad and he had some brutal turnovers too. Like, yeah. Some bad, just some bad picks. Fumble or fumble or two. He, he was, he looked terrible. I felt bad for the wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would too. Seriously. It was just a gross it was just a gross game in general. It looked like a, a Big Ten West football game. You would have thought you would have thought Iowa was playing Northwestern again. <laughs> but yeah, not much not much to say. I, I want the Packers to lose at this point, but I want the team to look competent, right? Like I don't want them to look so as bad as they have the last several weeks. But yeah, I also no. don't want them to win games. I want them That's to be competitive. Exactly I want them to be competitive and show, you know, show some growth and that they've got, they've got guys that, you know, next year will, will be dudes or whatever. Uh, but like, yeah, for example, Christian Watson had a, had a deep ball that he caught our, our wide receiver that we drafted early in the second round last year. And he's yeah. been, oh my gosh, like he drops so many balls, like he just gets hit in the hands. Well, he had this deep, deep ball that he caught in the, I think it was in the fourth quarter and he's been hurt. And of course he immediately gets hurt after making his best catch by far the season and seemingly his only good catch this year. And then immediately it's just down the field and that he was listed as having leaving the game due to a back, due to back injuries, a chest injuries and was getting tested for concussions. It's like, Oh my God, dude, that slapped. It's like, well, he just went up. He just went up high for the ball and then just came down. I'm like, his back. It's like, Oh my God. It's like, 
dude, dude's a kind of a bandaid and he just drops on. He's just one of the most frustrating players right now on the Packers, say the least. But I don't know if you're high enough draft, draft Marvin Harrison or, uh, it's uh, Brock Bowers. I mean, yeah. considering our leading receiver was Musgrave or the tight end. I mean, the tight ends did look good in that game. Mus- Musgrave, though, was the leading, led the team in receptions with three for 51 yards and a touchdown. It's like, dude, that's just not ideal. <laughs> not ideal. Uh, yeah, I think that's enough about the Packers. I don't feel like talking about that team that was a boring game to watch and probably probably no one watched that game nor cared about it outside the state of Wisconsin and any fan Rams fans the few of them that are out there <laughs> very very slim of them m- more in LA than the Chargers for sure but not very many only because they won they probably got a bigger holding that fan base in their history there, but moving yeah. on to another team in the NFC North uh, bears lost to the saints 17 to 24 um, Tyson Bajan. Clearly not the guy, which is probably good for bears fans and just in Justin Fields and the city of Chicago in general. Um, he threw three, three interceptions and they were for the most part, all his fault. Like he had a couple interceptions the other week against the Chargers, where you know there's some things with like route miscommunications where it's like okay that wasn't all on him, but I yeah. think not. I think now he got that start, and now it's not even a question that once Justin Fields is healthy, which sounds like he will be by Sunday, um, it's not even a question that Justin Fields should be starting for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. I uh, but I see think- what you have in him still going forward. I- yeah, hundred percent. And I genuinely do think that it's um he is their best quarterback, obviously. But I also think I also think um, you know, the Saints played well in this game, like the Saints defense did. And yeah, I genuinely think they, they gave up the division. I mean, right the Bears now. should not have been that in that game towards the end. Like they should not it should not have been that competitive. They had New Orleans was finding ways to keep them in that game. Yeah, I think they. I I don't think that Saints team is very good either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it it, it was closer than it needed to be for sure. Um, moving on to to an ass kicking. It's a surprising ass kicking. That should this would have been, I thought, what one of the best games. Of the weekend, Ravens taking down the Seahawks 37 to 3. I mean, Geno Smith, tough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I would have, yeah, I'm glad he's not my quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I've just been so uneasy about him the entire time. Like, I'm like, is he yeah. that good? Like, is he that good? I think with what you've seen of Russell Wilson outside of the last couple of weeks, I think it's whatever uh, Pete Carroll's been dialing up in uh, Seattle. I think that helps the quarterback out a ton. Like, cause I mean, as long as you don't make costly mistakes, like Geno Smith did in that game, like you're, you're set up for success there. Yeah. Seattle. I I think any quarterback would yeah at this point too would lo- love to play for Pete Carroll. I think the proof's in the pudding now from what uh, you've seen. You but yeah. Lamar Lamar Jackson is that dude, obviously don't need to even expand upon that too much. Threw for didn't even need to throw for two hundred yards. I mean he still rushed for sixty. Um Wow, he, I'm surprised he didn't even have any touchdowns in that game. No, um, yeah, all rushing. Yeah, I mean, he still looked good. I mean, that, I think the Ravens are 
as of right now, I think it's hard to argue that they're not the best team in the AFC. Yeah. Or they're, they're playing like that right now, but obviously that could change. That could change on a dime. But uh, as of right now, if you're picking a team to win the AFC, I think I'd definitely pick the Ravens over the Chiefs, especially after how their offense has looked last. Yeah, I agree. The season in general, but I think they'll figure it out. But speaking of contenders, Texans, Buccaneers, Texans, what a game. And Buccaneers, what a game too. Like, I'm not going to shit on the Bucs because Baker Mayfield played unbelievable as well. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Unbelievable. But you can't beat a quarterback who throws for 470 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, that was was an insane performance by C.J. Stroud. So just a couple things that he, what he accomplished. So his, this from Adam Schefter is one, 147.8 passer rating is the highest single game passer rating by a rookie quarterback, minimum 30 attempts in NFL history His 470 passing yards are the most passing yards by a rookie in a game in NFL history. He became the youngest player ever with at least 450 passing yards in a game and became just the sixth player in NFL history to record at least 450 passing yards and five touchdown passes with no interceptions in the game. So dude balled out to say the least. What a ridiculous stat. He's, <laughs> you know what the odds odds are for him to win offensive rookie of the year right now? What? Minus 1000. Yeah. I don't, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. So I think, I think what, yeah, that means you'd have to bet a thousand dollars to win a hundred on him winning the offensive rookie of the year. Where it's like with performances like that, he gets himself in. I don't think he's going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to win the uh, MVP award, but I think he, he'll be like a, at the end of the, of the year, he might be, you know, top five in voting, but he'll, he'd be like the fifth guy, but still. <laughs> there were some funny stats too that came out of that where CJ Stroud has more passing touchdowns through eight career games than Kenny Pickett does in 21 career games. It's 14, 14 to 13. Um, there was an, there was another one where I think it, I mean, this is just hilarious too about, you know, Bryce Young just being drafted in front of him, which, Bryce Young got the win last week, but Bryce Young had two, threw for two pick sixes uh, last week or this week, this weekend against the Colts. And meanwhile, like I said before, CJ Stroud threw for almost 500 yards and five touchdowns. But yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, um, I don't think that there's a question who's the rookie of the year right now. And and it's honestly, it kind of pisses me off though, how people are already saying like, who's the right pick? Was it Bryce Young or was it CJ? Well, I, th- I, I think it's fun. Very- this has been like, like the quickest. I think this has been one of the shortest amount of times where, you know, there's a debate between two, two quarterbacks. I think it's, I don't know how to phrase this. It's one of the quickest or shortest amount of times that's taken us to determine like, okay, yeah, this guy was the better pick. Yeah, but I, but I but I completely disagree. I think it's it's like a they got put into completely different situations, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, they, the Texans were were really bad last year. It was only because they won that game that they should not have won at the end of the year that they didn't have the first overall pick. Yeah, so like they were they were the were arguably. They were the worst team. Well, not arguably. They were the second worst team in the NFL last year. And it was because of a tiebreaker um, that the Bears got it. Yeah. Correctly. So I think it's hard. Hard to say that he was going into a better situation. I mean, you do have a coach. You do have a coach that people like. I mean, Frank Reich has a pretty decent track record, relatively speaking, um, going into Carolina. But I mean, the the Texans are super young too. And, yeah, and the Panthers. Uh, uh, Schefter was saying, I think it was Schefter was saying today that 
don't be surprised if even before the season ends, like Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, is not a patient guy where he might make some moves before the season even ends, or at least at the end of the season, which is like, dude, like just chill out a little bit. Like let let things marinate a little bit. Like you're way yeah, too hands-on of an owner. You're just you're hamstring your franchises with some of these decisions. Yeah. I so think you have to give things time to develop in the NFL. Got just hard. I don't know. You like you can make the argument at least before what came out about the team meeting with the Raiders that Josh McDaniels only had a season and a half, and that's not enough time to you know establish your culture and everything. Yeah, but I I agree with him. Obviously, with what happened, he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt or most guys probably should. Um, but I don't know if you saw in that game too, the, I think it was in the first quarter, the Texans uh, kicker got hurt. Uh, so they had, so they kept going for two points when they would score right? and they wouldn't get it. Uh, but then they had towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter, it was a go ahead field goal late before the bucks went on to score again and then they the Texans had that drive with 45 seconds left to win uh but it was they had Dar, Dar, Daria Gumbawale the running back out of Wisconsin nailed like a 30 what 30 or 35 yard field goal <laughs> yeah which running was, back. like that was hilarious too yeah and and it's always fun to see like what teams do without a kicker yeah yeah it's like oh you know, it, I don't know. I just find it funny. It's like you would think, it's weird. You would think that punters would be able to, like with McAfee, he, I'm pretty, pretty sure he primarily kicked. In, yeah, he did in college. And then, but, and then he became a punter where I think, like, you have Vinatieri hurt in a game. He's at least competent enough, like, he, where he kicked in college. To kick field goals, you would think a lot of these punters would have kicking experience. Like, there's no way. I think, in all likelihood, other outside of these Australian punters that are coming out of nowhere, especially in college football, um, you would think these punters would be able to step in and kick. Oh yeah, a little bit, but a lot. But still, a super cool moment for the for the running back. Oh, 100%. Hey, Wisconsin guy. Guy, it's a Wisconsin guy. Wisconsin guy showing out in the NFL, like, like, like always. A lot of good NFL players. Yeah, all right. From, from UW, dude. Just think about it. Yeah, there's sure. so many good Wisconsin. The best, arguably, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL right now is a Wisconsin grad. Who is Wisconsin that? Alum, T.J. Watt. Oh yeah, I forgot he went to Wisconsin. Wait, what round did he go in? Did he first, go in first? first okay. I think we had this conversation a couple pods ago about how the Packers had the opportunity to draft him. They traded out him. the first round. Yeah, <laughs> where he was like a pick. Before. He, like, would have been, he would have been there, and Steelers took him. It's like, oh my god, a lot of lot of lot of linemen and a lot of linebackers right now. Like Van Ginkle on the uh, the Dolphins, just a UW guy. TJ Edwards on the Bears now. Uh, Jack San- Jack Sanborn, Chanel on the on the Chiefs. On James White, James White, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, we we don't need to talk about quarterbacks or anything, but just in terms of position players, there's there's a lot of guys littered throughout the NFL that have you know, prominent roles on teams. But we don't need to talk about Wisconsin, what happened on Saturday. They lost to Indiana. That was, that was, that was tough. (laughs) That was really, that wasn't just tough. That was really bad. But let's not talk about that. We can talk about college football a little bit more later on this week. I don't want to get too bogged down in Wisconsin football struggling. Yeah, I mean, listening to Indiana, we were we had injuries, we had injuries. That's All tough. right, next, 
Next game, I get, we touched on it. Colts take down the Panthers, 27 to 13. Bryce Young threw three picks. Two of them were ran, ran back for pick sixes. Uh, tough to do to play the way that he did um, after this performance that CJ Stroud had. It's just like as a as a Panthers fan, you got to be got to be very disappointed. I don't know. You got to be kicking yourself. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, he's he just looks so young too. I don't know. Jonathan Taylor had 18 carries, though. They're starting to work him back in. I wonder, it'll be interesting to see what he does in Germany. I think hopefully, you know, they really establish him as like the primary back, which they kind of did in that game, but they really get him involved in that game against the Patriots. I think I could see him having a, having a field day at, against them in Frankfurt. Um, Cowboys Eagles, that was a hell of a game. Yeah, honest hell of a game. Yeah, uh, Dallas had they uh, Dallas honestly should have won that game. Yeah, I they agree. Had, they had that uh, they had that catch where it was short, where it was short, like on the goal line. Yeah, with the tight end where he just ran his his route slightly too shallow. Yeah, didn't get it. It was by like a knee. Um, and then they had that one where Dak on the two. Was it a two point? Yeah, it was a two point conversion two point, yeah. where, where he ran to the outside and he had he had the space too, but he just stepped out of bounds. Like he he had tons of space where he didn't need to go that wide, but he just you know shit happens yeah. and he stepped out. But I think as a Cowboys fan, you probably you're you're frustrated with how that game ended because you should have won, but you also. Uh, come away with that, like, okay, we are one of the best teams in the NFC. I, I think that game solidified it. Like, Dak Prescott looked really, really good. And so, so did CD Lamb, obviously. Almost, he, like, Prescott threw for almost 400 yards and three touchdowns. And if it wasn't, yeah. wasn't for him stepping out of bounds in that one play, they win that game. Like, Eagles couldn't do anything in the fourth quarter at all. And Dallas was able to do whatever they wanted. They just had some mis- mistakes and didn't close out. I think as a Cowboys fan, like you're, you're chomping at that bit for the rematch that's coming up. And I think that'll, it'll be another really good game, obviously. Uh, but I don't know if you had anything more to add on that. I think obviously Jalen Hurts was nursing something still got shaken up never had elite never left but i mean he still looks like jalen hurts really fucking good but i think Dak looked better than jalen did in that game yeah i mean jalen hurts did look a lot better i think you know, the offensive struggles for the Eagles has to be frustrating for fans. Like this was an offense that was, yeah, I think, I think it's, more, I think their defense is a lot more frustrating right now. Like they're, defense, I think it is. I think it is. But I also been getting walked been over. Just, I think, I think all their issues are with the defense. I, I think as a fan, other than that fourth quarter, like you're pretty happy with what your offense is at. Unless they scored, so they scored 28, 38, and 31 the last three games. Yeah. I think their offense has been fi- has figured it out. I think it's their defense that's still... I mean, they have injuries, right? But they, they've they been not what they were last last year especially on, the def- on the defensive side because they were arguably the best defense in the NFL last year. And they yeah. have not looked like that whatsoever this year. Yeah, no, I agree. As I think, as a Cowboys fan, you don't there. There's no moral victories in the NFL, but that was a moral victory. Oh yeah, hundred percent. You you won that game. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah, I think that next game will be very interesting. 
Um, could see them playing again in the playoffs too, possibly. But we'll see. I think they're obviously two of the top four top teams tiers. in the yeah, yeah in the oh. NFC, and we'll yeah. be competing to go to the Super Bowl at the end of the year in the playoffs. I agree, hundred percent. Um, but. I mean, I'm shocked at the next game, Bengals Bills. I thought the Bills were going to win, honestly, but I'm I'm shocked of how the Bengals have come back after their 0 3 start. Yeah, I, Joe Burrow, that calf healed up, I guess, wherever they shot it up with worked, and he's yeah, seriously he's, he's back. Out. The Bengals are all the way back. Like another game where he throws for almost 350 yards, two touchdowns. He had a couple. He had a couple carries. Like he looked really mobile, too. Like he didn't look like he was nursing anything. Didn't look hurt. Um, they they looked good, man. They they've done a complete one eighty. Where I think they're they're finally able to get healthy. You know, figure things out. They've start they've started slow every year that Burrow's been there, and it's just par for the course for them. I guess you could say at this point. Where and I mean. How can you not be a fan of Joe Burrow too? Just yeah, all, he's just fun to watch. Got three hundred forty-eight yards. Got that's swag. Him. Yeah, I mean, you see, he he tore his. Or he got a bad cut on like his nail. Like his nail might have gotten ripped off, and he was sucking his finger. <laughs> they got they got him uh, like close up, and where it was just dripping blood. And I saw there was funny there was a funny tweet where. Someone said it was like me after after eating a whole bag of Doritos, <laughs> but yeah, uh, after that game, after that game too, that knocks in the currently if the playoffs started today, the Bills would miss the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, and I with mean, with the Bengals win too, but this is this is crazy. As of today, all AFC North teams would be in the playoffs. And that's a ridiculous stat too. Yeah. It's like damn one of the best, if not I think you could say it's the best division in football right now, top to bottom this year. Yeah, I hundred percent I don't even think it's a question. Yeah. Cause I mean, the Chiefs just don't lose in division. Without, yeah. It's saw all those stats from last week when they lost to the Broncos. It's like I don't think that Patrick Mahomes had lost in division in like 14 straight games, something like that. Yeah. And now he's losing in division. Yeah. It was one, the one game. And of course they came, they won for losing. I think, I think he's something, some, something ridiculous after a loss where he, they just don't, he's just doesn't lose back to back games ever. Yeah. I know. But yeah, I, th- I don't know. I think the, the bills are in trouble, which I would before the start of the year, I would, I would pick them to come out of the AFC. And at this point, they do not look good at all. And they're, you gotta be concerned as a bills fan. That's for sure. Yeah, no, you absolutely do. You, I, you, you have yeah. to be wondering if this team is, is really, um, if this team is really going to be a, a competitor in, in the late stages. Yeah. I mean, the offense has just not looked great. Yeah. Just the team in general, like they've been, they've been struggling. They can't get anything going on offense. Yeah. But I don't know. Bang. This is a DeMar Hamlin, Hamlin rematch. Uh, he didn't even suit up for the game. Just a bit, just kind of weird. I mean, he's been inactive. He's a lot not of games good. this year. I don't. Th- I yeah, like you said, I just don't think he's that good. I mean, it was pretty cool. He he met with all the people that helped save his life at the Cincinnati Hospital, and he did he did some donation or started a foundation, and all of their names. Yeah, they're like donating to medical money to medical students or something like that. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. You couldn't have him just play suit up to play special teams. Like I don't know, kind of weird. I would like to move on to the MLB free agent top ten list. Um, Shohei Otani, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, 
from Japan. He's disgusting. He's a right-handed pitcher. Blake teams, Snell. Teams are just now able to uh, converse with him or whatever they're yeah. saying, right? Yeah. Blake Snell. He's probably going to be the Cy Young winner. Cody Bellinger. Aaron Nola. Josh Hader. Sonny Gray. Jordan Montgomery. J.D. Martinez. Matt Chapman. That's like, that's a ridiculous. And, and, and I hope the Red Sox sign at least one of those pitchers. There's so many pitchers on the clock, but to, to the point of uh, Craig council and David Ross dispute today, the Cubs liked David Ross, but felt obligated to pursue the top talent of Craig council as their manager. Yeah. Yeah. A tough loss for the Brewers. Uh, so council council today signed an eight million eight million a year deal. Yep, with the Cubs. Um, yeah, it's obviously a very lucrative deal. The Brewers, I think, offered him a five and a half mil million dollars a year, which was still two million higher than the highest uh, manager salary. Yeah. Uh, but clearly this re- reinvents or uh, restructures the, the MLB uh, coaching market in terms of what guys are going to be expecting now. Yeah, 100%. I think it's obviously good for the managers, sucks for the brewers, and it just stings 10 times worse the fact that he goes to the Cubs and now you're going to be playing him in division every year. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know what it's not too much for me to say. It just sucks. I think David Ross is going to sign somewhere and he'll, he'll, he'll retain a job somewhere. He's a great manager. I mean, they have yes and no. I think Cubs fans were Cubs fans were, they weren't too happy with him. I mean, they, he almost got a team that had very low expectations to the playoffs and they let him go. It's just, it's just a weird situation. I don't know that I could see him being so stung by that, uh, by what happened. Just the fact that he was still employed when they had made the announcement that, that they were signing council as their new manager. Yeah. I just see him. So, cause he's, he was with them when they won the world series and everything he's been with that organization for a long time. Like that's gotta, that's gotta hurt. Hurt in the heart, man, where you just, I feel feel bad for the guy where you feel bad for the guy where he's just gonna he's gotta be so stunned where I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the year off where he just doesn't want to deal with the business of baseball. Yeah, I agree. I mean I I I, I can see him doing that because that's it, it was awful what they did to him. Yeah. That's he had no idea. So I think it's that's just the messed up part. <laughs> Um, I saw, I saw it was oh, this morning when I saw the first announcement, it was, I think it was by Rosenthal or Passin. It was, I was watching uh, the Rich Eisen show and it came in that Craig Council will manage next season, but not for the Brewers or the Mets. Cause this was right after this was like five minutes before Carlos Mendoza got announced as the Mets manager. And then right before that, Stephen vote, Voked, uh, yeah, got, got got announced as the Guardians manager who yes. Council interviewed with, and so uh, and then F part of that tweet was that he was heading to a team with an, with an existing manager. Yikes! Insane. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. It's frustrating. It'll be it'll be interesting to see who the. Brewers hire and what they do in the offseason in general. Who knows? At this point, I think from what the owner's been saying is he's he wants to go out and get, you know, whoever the next highly touted or highly regarded guy, whether that's someone who's still employed, you know, he's clearly willing to pay a lot for a manager still. I think yeah. I think I saw that he actually they actually matched the deal i don't want to say 
say that as fact. Uh, yeah. So Antonasio, he did a he did have a quote where he did did like a Zoom press conference. He was asked if the Brewers were willing to match the eight million AAV offer. Um, and his quote was, "We didn't come together at the end." Antonasio said, "Craig was definitely a key part of our success, but if I wanted to, li- to list all the reasons we have been successful, we would be we would be on for another half an hour." Um, full response from him. The Brewers were willing to go as high as the Cubs offer and what sort of terminations were there that go into the value of the manager as it relates to salary. So they were sounded like they're willing to but they're willing to match it, but they you just didn't feel it was, it was right for what the team needs. And I think it's hard to do that with the manager. Um where you that hap, that happens, you get that eight million dollar a year offer and it's hard to as the owner to to sign up for that, where's like what three, two and a half? No, bad, bad, yeah, two and a half million more than you were originally offering him, right? I mean, what do you really after expect? after after you've you? I think he's one and nine in the postseason. Yeah, so it's he deserve he probably deserved to you know to restructure or. Yeah, I think that's what's the term uh, for when someone re restructures their contract. No, like the the market when someone like reinvents a market, like they establish a new standard for salaries. Okay, yeah, I forget the term. It's gonna. I'm gonna hop off this, and it's gonna kill me after. <laughs> so frustrating, but uh, <laughs> yeah, where I think he deserved to, you know, re- reinvent what again, whatever. I just need to get off that re- reinvent the market. <laughs> but uh, oh, I think it's it was hard for Antonasio to look at that uh, after what the Brewers have done the postseason last handful of beers and you know he's willing to look elsewhere they've already he's already started uh background work on external looking at people outside the organization and their man managerial search and they're gonna they're expected to cast a wide net that's insane oh the the brewers gm was was in the air when everything went down today uh, and the owner was was able to to contact him to find a way to contact him mid flight, <laughs> so the GM had no clue. Yeah, yeah. So this everyone was saying it came out of the clouds. It really came out of the clouds. Even you'd think the GM of the Brewers would be informed, would be more informed on that. That's crazy. That's it insane. Been, it must have materialized pretty quick. It must, yeah, it must, it must have been very yeah. quick. Yeah, where council got that offer, and it's just like, like I have to take it, even though it's the division rival. It, it'll be good though too for him on a personal level. His he's from Whitefish Bay, which is just outside of Milwaukee, actually where my dad's from, and it sounds like his family will probably stay there too. And it's Milwaukee is super close to uh, Chicago, so I wouldn't be surprised if they stay there and he commutes a little bit or just stays there when they're playing and everything like he's obviously on the road a ton for when they're playing so yeah I mean just unfortunate to lose him but I think it's also a little bit exciting for the for the Brewers as an organization to see what's what's going to come next, next. yeah because yeah. I, I have no clue yeah I mean I, I completely it'll, it'll be interesting to follow yeah, I'm not going to bag on anyone in that situation. You know, I think a lot of people, well, I, I don't know if I would go this far, but definitely the Cubs fans and councils happy. It's like, I don't know, what are you going to do? Kind of yeah. is what it kind of is what it is. I, I understand. Uh, I understand it from everyone's perspective on why it went down the way it did 
Yeah. It'll be interesting to find out sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I think maybe Brewers might do something exciting this offseason. Who knows? Obviously, I don't see us just being a small market. Well, I, I hate when I say us. Uh, I, I don't necessarily see the Brewers going out and signing like Otani or anything crazy like that. Just because they don't, as a small market, they don't have the payroll to do that. But they might, they've made good moves in the past and I expect them to do that here. Yeah, I agree. I think the same thing with the Red Sox. They got to do something. Yeah. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Cor- like Corbin Burns, w- Woodruff. They're, I think Woodruff will probably be back. Uh, but I don't know about Burns. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's good trade material if they, if they don't think that they can re-sign him. Yeah. I mean, when he gets, when he has to get re-signed, he's going to draw a King's ransom. Well, I mean, yeah, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. He should draw a King's ransom. Yeah. It's just, again, like I said, as a small market team, it's hard to afford that. Imagine being a big market team that can afford that, but you just decide not to do it. The life of a Red Sox fan. Miserable. Get over yourself. You guys won a World Series. Yeah, in 2018. Yeah, I think... I don't know if we talked since the World Series, but there's now only five active uh, organizations that haven't won a World Series. And the Brewers are one of them. Go Brew Crew! Eventually. Who knows? I'm not too hard pressed about it. I mean, baseball is not my number one sport to say the least, you know, when the brewers are good, I, I care, but I'm not super impact impassioned about it uh, one way or another. I mean, yeah. if, they, if they have a chance to win a world series, I'm all, I'm all over it, but it's not, I'm not losing sleep. Unlike yeah. you with the Red Sox. The Red Sox, I, 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 I'm more invested when they're good. Yeah, I could say the same thing, but I just think that they're so bad right now. I'm excited to see what they do this offseason, though. Seriously, it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting. Be interesting MLB offseason and things kicked off with a bang today. That's for damn sure. Yeah, seriously. Well, probably a lot more to come. A lot more. All right. That's it for today's episode of Cheese and Chowder Sports, episode six. Uh, we'll probably be back at, at the end of the week with a, with a preview of what's to come uh, this upcoming weekend in college football and NFL, as well as if anything else happens with MLB free agency and uh, managerial changes and whatnot. Uh, but hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, we'll be back. Friday. See you then. See you then.